Welcome to Scanner School. This is session number nine, and we are continuing our trunked radio series by talking about EDAX. Welcome to the Scanner School, a podcast dedicated to the scanner radio hobby. Class is about to begin. Here is your host, Phil Lichtenberger. Welcome to the Scanner School podcast. My name is Phil Lichtenberger. My amateur radio call sign is W2LIE. So on today, we're going to continue our trunked radio uh, series. We're going to talk about EDAX, which is an acronym for Enhanced Digital Access Communications System. Again, it's EDAX, which is Echo Delta Alpha Charlie Sierra in the abbreviation. So EDAX, again, we're building upon what we learned about last week when we talked about LTR and as usual, the show notes will be available online, and you can just put the session number at the end of the website URL. So because today is session number nine, what you would do is go to scannerschool.com slash session nine, and that's the numerical number nine. So uh, if you go to the website, you'll get the a link to the podcast. Uh, you can listen to it online if you're not listening to it on a, um, uh, a handheld podcast player or something like that uh again you can always subscribe to us on itunes at scannerschool.com slash itunes at stitcher on scannerschool.com slash stitcher and also on google play at scannerschool.com slash google play now i'm aware of this other podcast uh software out there and if you're using something different i would love to know what you're using to listen to the scanner school podcast on uh, do me a favor, leave me some feedback. You can do so on our Facebook group, which is gaining a lot of momentum lately. And uh, the conversations that are going on there are great. So if you want to join our Facebook group, it's at scannerschool.com slash Facebook group. And again, before we start, I want to remind everybody that we're in the middle of a contest right now. I am giving away three free consulting sessions with uh, with myself. And all you need to do to qualify for one of the three free consulting sessions, it's a 30-minute session, uh, just go to our, uh, um, our Facebook group. And the easiest way to get there, again, is scannerschool.com slash Facebook group. Make sure that you uh, join the group and leave one comment or a question about something that is uh, you're stumbling on or something that you just leave, need a little bit more information about. Um, or just introduce yourself. And the community there is growing day by day. And I want to thank everybody who's a member of the group. Uh, this podcast wouldn't be here without all the feedback and all the members. And uh, thank you all for your support. So again, the contest is running from now until February 28th, 2018. And we will announce the three winners on our podcast on March 6th. So you have, again, until the end of the day on February 28th to become a member of the group. And be sure to leave a comment or a question in the uh, on the Facebook group. Okay, so let's talk EDAX. EDAX uh, kind of builds on what we learned about last week on session number eight with LTR trunking. So EDAX also uses what we call logical channel numbering which is when you have to program the scanner in a set order in order to uh, trunk track on this system properly. 
And the reason you have to do that is because when an EDAC system tells the users where to go, it says go to channel X, Y, or Z, basically. And it doesn't give a channel layout as a part of the protocol. So if you don't put channels X, Y, and Z in your scanner correctly, you're not going to be able to follow the conversation on a talk group. So it's very important that you follow logical channel numbering, sometimes abbreviated as LCN or uh, Lima Charlie November uh, in your scanner. So when you program in your scanner, and if again, if you didn't listen to last week's podcast and we explain this, uh, I'm going to go through it again really quick. Logical channel numbering needs to be in the set numbering order. And the easiest way to do that is if you have one of those dynamic scanners like the Uniden BCT15X or maybe an older version like the 246T or something like that, you have to uh, first when you set up the site, it's going to ask you for the LCN or the logical channeling number. If you don't have a dynamic radio, uh, a one that uses dynamic memory allocation, you need to make sure that you put the frequency into the correct memory location of the bank. So channel one needs to be in the numerical number one of whatever bank you're going into. So if your scanner has a hundred channels per bank, that means in the bank that starts with channel number 100 or starts with channel 101, you need to make sure it's in 101, 102, 103, 104. Um, if your banks have 50 channels and your next bank starts with channel 51, logical channel number one needs to go into channel 51. Or again, the first number uh, of the bank, okay? So that aside, remember the most important part right now about putting in the frequencies is to make sure you put them in logical channel order, okay? So where can you find your logical channel numbering? Well, hopefully when you have... Uh, the layout of the system, it will be written down in, in LCN. So if you go to maybe the radio reference database, it's always assigned in there. You'll see the 01, 02, 03 in a light gray, at least at this time of the recording, in the channel layout grid. And not every channel needs to be assigned. You can skip a number or or something like that. And you also have to watch out too that on occasion, the system may grow and you may start adding more channel numbers into um, the pool of frequencies. So let's back up one second here. Let's explain again how trunking works. If you haven't uh, listened to the previous podcast that went through trunking, that one is available on session number seven. So if you go to scannerschool.com slash session seven, you can listen to our introduction on trunked radio systems, which basically breaks down how a trunking uh, system would operate generically. Okay. So with EDAX, EDAX was um, was developed by Ericsson or uh, back in the day, and um, there's multiple different kinds of EDAX protocols out there. And um, just to clarify too, it was it was kind of built by a uh, Ericsson and also GE and and through buyouts and mergers and all that stuff. Basically, right now, it's um, it's developed, I believe, by Harris or MACOM. Um, I got a couple of websites open here that I, that I keep referring back to, but um, I believe here the last thing I see says it's from Harris. EDAX right now, 
again, it's 2018. So last year, uh, Harris basically said that they're sunsetting the EDAC system. So it's basically at the end of life. And, uh, you know, basically what that means is that if any systems are out there right now using EDACs, that um, they may not be able to get replacement equipment or new radios or that kind of things. And the reason why you would sunset a system like EDACs is because technology changes and they want to put their resources and, and their development into newer technologies such as P25. And we're going to talk about P25 on future sessions of uh, the Scanner School podcast. So make sure you subscribe to us again on iTunes or Stitcher or, or um, even on the website and uh, we'll uh, we'll keep you updated on when, when new uh, podcasts come out. Another great way to subscribe to us is to use our mailing list, which is on the front page of the website. So again, you just put your email address, and we'll let you know as, as new sessions come out. If you decide you don't want to subscribe, just remember that every Tuesday you can find another Scanner School podcast. So back to EDAX. So EDAX has a couple of different flavors to it. The most common would be something like EDAX Standard or EDAX Narrow Band. And what basically what that means is that it's um it's the bandwidth. And again, we've talked about bandwidth on previous episodes of the Scanner School podcast. So not to sound a little bit uh, like I'm repeating myself here, but uh, if you haven't listened to it yet, you can listen to... Um, a little bit of wide band and narrow band and whatnot on scanner school session five again scanner school.com slash session five where we discussed am fm sideband wide band fm and narrow band fm okay so again back to the topic that we have here um edax has a def- couple different flavors there's, there's wide band and, and there's this narrow band and um what you have to remember is that the uh, wide band is basically a 25 kilohertz wide 9.6 kilobit trunked control channel and the narrow band version is uh, 12 and a half kilohertz which is half the bandwidth uh, and it uses 4.8 kilobits trunking so it's slightly slower on a controlled channel uh, bit rate so the actual data bits that go out over the control channel is different all right but the basic theory on how this system works whether it's wide band or narrow band is the same so let's talk about that. The torque groups that are set up on an EDAX system, what we called AFS, okay, and that stands basically for agency, uh, fleet, subfleet. All right, what does that look like? Well, you have a two-digit number followed by a hyphen or a dash, followed by a three-digit number. So I'll just call that a two by three. Okay, so the first two digits on a properly configured EDAC system would be your agency. And uh, I use the term loosely here for, for properly because you can have, you know, it, it, it doesn't always follow this protocol. So what you would basically see is, as an example, maybe 00, zero as the agency would be your radio techs and 01 would be your police, 02 would be your fire, 03 would be OEM. Just as an example here, it's, it's not set in stone. And then you would have your subfleets which would be the three digits after the hyphen. And an example would be on 01-001, you may have police dispatch. And 01-002, you may have police, I don't know, administration or, or a tech channel. Uh, I'm sorry, a, um, a um, tactical channel. 
So in a real ideal world, that's the way it would be set up. And I'm, I'm bringing this to light now because you don't always have to program in your scanner with the last three digits, which is really cool when it works, all right? I mean, I have a local system here in my county that doesn't follow the AFS protocol where the first two digits belong to a type of agency like police or fire, or EMS, OEM, that kind of thing. So when you have the logical channel numbering in your system and you have the correct talk groups set up and broken down the way you want them, when you hit the scan key in theory, you would be able to follow a particular talk group around the system as they were to operate. Likewise, you'd be able to filter out those that aren't programmed into your scanner. We talked about the wideband and the narrowband EDACs and, and how that works, but there's other variations basically on EDACs, you know, as the system grows and, and whatnot. So one of the basic ways that an EDAC system could work would be a networked system. Okay. So what that basically means is you can have multiple uh, repeater sites, multiple trunk transmitters out there that cover a large geographical area. And they could be set up as a simulcast system where everything transmits at the same exact time. So no matter where you are in the county, you'll hear whoever's on the system on a particular talk group because every repeater is set up the same way and logical channel five would key up uh, on all the systems at the same time and would simulcast the transmission. You could also have on a network system individual EDAC sites and they may have their own independent uh, channel numbers and uh, may or may not key up at the same time with the same talk groups on them. Again, making your, your spectrum more efficient, okay? Whether it's uh, a network system being simulcast or not, it, it really changes the way that you want to program in your, your scanner. So if you were local to a particular site and you pick that up the best, then just put in your local trunk radio site for an EDAC system. If you are roaming, you would need to, on a dynamic scanner, you would put in multiple sites and under the system, and you would be able to then roam or, or scan around to find the best site to listen to. The problem arises when you have an older scanner that does EDACs with multiple different sites using multiple different trunk uh, uh, LCNs. You would need to put them in independently on different groups, uh, different scan groups. So if you had three EDAC sites all operating independently with different LCNs, you would effectively have to put that EDAC system into three different banks, okay? Because each one needs their own LCN. So you got to kind of keep that in the back of your mind. That's why the newer scanners that are out there that allow you to group the sites together are, are worth the investment. But again, not required if you have a setup that uses a simulcast system. Okay. The other kind of EDAX system out there is called EDAX SCAT. And that stands for Single Channel Autonomous Trunking. And uh, that's abbreviated by uh, Sierra Charlie Alpha Tango in proper phonetics. So what happens with an EDAX SCAT system, and I'm going to read this right off the radio reference wiki, and it says that a EDAX SCAT is a system that operates on a single channel with an alternate control data with analog voice. 
some scanners have this programming option cannot track IDs on this system. Okay, that's something to keep in mind. So when we talk about SCAT, what does that kind of remind you of besides the, <laughs> the regular term for SCAT here? Um, it sounds like LTR trunking, right? Where you have a control channel that also operates as a voice channel. All right. So that's another way that you can have an EDAC system. And a lot of readers will ask you when you program them, is it an EDAX wide, narrow, or SCAT system? So if you have a network system that has multiple channels on it, one control channel, then you're not looking for an EDAX SCAT system. Okay, so let's talk about an extended key system, uh, where it's sometimes called as a EDAX security key abbreviated by ESK or Echo Sierra Kilo in proper phonetics. So what happens with an EDAX ESK system is it adds a little bit of um, security key to heighten the security on the EDAX system. And for a long time, any EDAX system that used it, that used an ESK, you wouldn't be able to monitor it from a typical EDAX scanner. So a lot of the new scanners that are out there will also support ESK as a protocol. So there are some systems that support ESK, such as, um, and again, I'm looking at the radio reference wiki right now at the very bottom of their ESK page, it lists a couple of EDAC system. One of the biggest ones out there is the Flores statewide law enforcement radio system, which is the slurs system. Okay, so if you have a EDAX system programmed in your scanner and you're having a hard time monitoring them, that may be something to look at if you go to the radio reference database and make sure that you're not using or trying to monitor an ESK system. If you are, the uh, couple of radios out there that would help you. And again, these will be links. There'll be affiliate links in the show notes. And basically what an affiliate link is, is if you use my link to purchase one of these radios, uh, we would make a very small commission on the sale of that. So if you wanted to um, thank us for the uh, the podcast or, or something like that, these there will be Amazon associates or affiliate links uh, in the show notes of these of this podcast. So you're looking at some older radios, the GRE PRSR 500-600, the Uniden BCD-396T or the 996T. Um, also the, um, I believe the, 346 XT will also do it. The newer scanners out there, like the BCT15, the um, uh, the 325P2, the 996P2, will all do the ESK. Uniden's um, BCD436536 models will do it if you purchase the Pro Voice update. So, what exactly is Pro Voice? Okay, Pro Voice is EDAC's digital side. Uh, or digital talk groups. So what happened with EDAX is they decided that, you know, of course they wanted some sort of digital voice solutions talk groups as well. And the first version of it, and I'm not really sure the proper way to say this, would be an uh, A-E-G-I-S. That's Alpha Echo Golf India Sierra. And that was their first version of uh, their digital system or their digital voice solution. It's a first generation, and um, I don't really believe it worked very well. It's It's been outdated and replaced by Pro Voice, okay? And up until recently, you couldn't find a scanner out there that would do Pro Voice. 
Uh, again, Uniden's newer scanner line, the um, 325P2, the 996P2, the 436P2, and the 536P2 will support Pro Voice if you pay Uniden for a $50 upgrade fee. Now, again, that's at the time of recording, so the price on the update may may change, okay? So basically what the Pro Voice is, is a IMBE um, solution. It's not APCO 25 compliant. So that's one thing to think about when you have a, uh, a Pro Voice system. Okay, so there are systems out there that do use Pro Voice. And that's something, again, to think, take a look at when you look at purchasing a scanner for uh, monitoring a EDAC system. So in a quick nutshell, that is EDAX trunking. So again, it's it's very similar in a way to LTR, where you have to use logical channel numbering. Again, it's very important that you program your system in with logical channel numbering. Without programming it in correctly, your scanner will not trunk track the system correctly. You'll, you'll need to do your AFS or your agency fleet subfleet tour groups properly. So again, um, I'm trying to keep these sessions simple. We could really get into a lot of the nuts and bolts on how these trunking protocols work. And I've chosen not to do that because I don't think that putting somebody to sleep while they're driving is a is a good uh, a good idea. So again, if I'm going a little too high on how these trunking protocols work, Please let me know. Leave me feedback. You can do so on the website by using the contact form, or you can uh, join us in our Facebook community at scannerschool.com slash Facebook group. And let me know. Am I going too fast or am I going too slow? Am I um, uh, not to insult anybody? If I'm dumbing it down too much, let me know. If I'm hitting the nail on the head, uh, let me know that as well. Again, I'm trying to give you the most information that I can without boring you. Uh, I don't want to make these podcasts an hour long and lose everybody on the details. So if I can teach you guys how these trunking protocols are work, how they work, and the nuts and bolts can uh, be saved for later or for a blog post or something like that. So today's session is sponsored by EastCoastPagers.com. East Coast Pagers is a Unication, Apollo, and Swiss phone dealer serving the U.S. market from one-way numeric and alphanumeric pagers to voice and P25 pagers. They have you and your department covered. Check out eastcoastpagers.com for unication G1, G4, and G5 products and accessories. So all G1 pagers will ship with a spare set of batteries and a spare belt clip courtesy of East Coast pagers. Now all G4 and G5 orders will ship with a spare belt clip. And until March 31st, every G4 and G5 will also come with a free phase two upgrade to allow you to monitor phase two P25 transmissions. So as a extra bonus, if you go to eastcoastpagers.com slash scanner school, you'll have a extra surprise in your shopping cart courtesy of East Coast Pages. And this uh, little bonus is only available to the listeners of scanner school. So again, go to eastcoastpagers.com slash scanner school for a little bonus in your shopping cart courtesy of East Coast Pages. And if you have a order for your fire district or uh, just something personal you need and you need a custom quote, again, don't uh, hesitate to contact eastcoastpagers.com for your custom quote. Again, eastcoastpagers.com handles all unication and Swiss phone accessories and are available online 
or via a custom quote at eastcoastpagers.com. So before we go, let's take a quick look at some feedback we've gotten throughout the uh, last week or so in uh, via the contact form or uh, via our newsletter response. Again, I do read all my email that comes in. May not be able to answer you immediately, but um, I do take a look at all messages that come in via the email portals, via, either via the website or from um, a straight email. And again, you can also leave your feedback on SpeakPipe, which is pretty neat, which allows you to record a voice message to me using your uh, smartphone's browser or your computer. And a link to the SpeakPipe voicemail will be at the show notes at scannerschool.com session nine. If you prefer, you can also leave me a voicemail question on our hotline or our phone number, which is U.S. area code 516-308-2885. Again, 516-308-2885. And again, this number will be in the show notes uh, for this podcast. So our first one is from Brad Hill, and he writes in, Newbie from Wyoming with a BCD536HP. I know zero about scanners. So Wyoming has an Abco P25 service, he writes. The closest tower is about two miles from my house. I would like to mount a diamond disc cone on about a 10-foot mast on the end of my shop, which has a metal roof. On one end of the shop, I have a metal chimney that sticks up about two feet from the peak of the roof and five feet from the eave of my roof. Can I mount the mast on the end of the shop with the chimney? I believe the antenna will be above the chimney by a foot, or should I mount it on the other end of the shop? This location would add cable length. Also, what type of cable should I use? Brad, thanks for your question. Um, first of all, if you are going to listen to just the APCO P25 system and nothing else, I would suggest doing away with uh, or skipping the external antenna. And the reason why I suggest this is that if you are getting a good enough receive in your house with the uh back of set antenna um, that may just be a good enough solution to get you by and sometimes using the kiss method or keep it simple um, is is the best way to go here the other reason why I suggest maybe forgetting about the external antennas because a lot of scanners have problems with simulcast and that causes major issues on the receive of um, of p25 signals so if you have multiple towers simulcasting the same information um it, it could be a, it could be problematic for you so if you have good receive coming in uh on, on your local tower that you want to receive i think best uh back of set antenna may be just the simplest and best solution to get you by but if you're looking to cover anything else besides um this apco p25 repeater you're looking at it or a trunk system i would suggest moving the antenna as far as you can from other uh, metal objects. I mean, you have a, a metal chimney, you're saying, and I fear that it might distort the signal a little bit it, or play negatively on the characteristics of the antenna that you are going to put up. 
I like the fact that you're going to go with the discount antenna, and uh, I think that's that's a good solution. And for anybody who wants information about this discount antenna, I um, I will leave a link for it in the session notes at scannerschool.com/session9. The link will be an affiliate link, uh, which means that uh, I'll get a small commission on the sale if you happen to purchase it using my link, but at no additional cost to you. It's just basically a referral. Uh, that we get credit for the sale. The other thing, uh, the other part of your question was what cable should I use because it would be adding length. So I'm not sure exactly how much length we're looking at at adding, but general rule of thumb is, and, and, and the, um, the best cable I recommend would be LMR400. That's Lima uh, Mary Romeo, or I'm sorry, Lima Mike Romeo in proper phonetics, uh, LMR400. And that's some really low loss, uh, half inch coax cable. You can get it pre-made with end connections on both ends. So uh, most, uh, the diamond discount antenna should have an end connector on it. You'll need an end to BNC adapter to go from the coax and to the back of the radio, unless you're using some sort of jumper. So um, the only issue is that LMR 400 is a bit expensive. It's just shy under a, a buck a foot. So depending on how much you're going to use is, um, uh, you know, if it's going to add another 100 feet, that's another 100 bucks. So, you know, it, it's um, it really is the best solution. It's what I recommend. It's what a lot of other people recommend. And it is what I use here. Uh, another low-loss cable that runs fairly cheap, and you can see if it will work well for you, would be RG6. Uh, I don't really recommend it because the impedance on an RG6 and uh, coax is 75 ohms and the antenna system you're putting up and the back of the radio so looks for 50 ohms. Receive only, it, it may play a little bit of a role in it, but um, if you're looking to cut costs, um, you could try the RG6. It's available at Home Depot. It's the same cable that you use to hook up your cable TV or your satellite TV and that kind of stuff. So as much as I don't recommend it, it's a decent alternative if you're trying to to pinch pennies on the coax. But, uh, you know, I, I don't recommend it. It's kind of like saying, you know, you got the sports car and you're going to put the wrong tires on it. So the tires are what connects the car to the road and the coax is what connects basically, you know, your uh, your antenna to the back of the of the radio. So. I, I would suggest LMR 400. And again, I'll, I'll put a link in the, in the show notes for you. And uh, again, that will be an affiliate link. So Brad, thank you uh, so much for writing in with your question. So David from Kentucky writes in that these podcasts are great. David, I, I certainly appreciate the feedback. Keep up the great work in helping us to begin to understand the mysteries of our hobby. I've been scanning since the early 70s and still consider myself a novice, so your podcast will help to expand my understanding of a fun hobby. I scan conventional, P25, trunk, DMR, and some HF monitoring, as well as aircraft and ADSB as a variety of hardware. All the best in this project. Look forward to soaking in some more information. Cheers, David from Kentucky. David, thank you so much for writing in, and thank you so much for the feedback. If you were, if you want to do me a favor too, I would love to see some feedback in my iTunes. Um, so if you can go to scannerschool.com/itunes and leave some feedback there, that would be most appreciated. It really helps others find us in iTunes because iTunes does use the feedback ranking to kind of rank the podcast and it moves it up the chart a little bit so it will help 
others to find the podcast. So Brad writes in, uh, KD8RBU is his amateur radio call sign. And he says, Phil, thanks for the podcast and website. I really enjoy listening to it. I'm an amateur radio operator. And what I really enjoy doing is operating portable. That takes several forms, backpacking, car camping, and setting up a field station for a day or a weekend. When I'm setting up the field station, which I begin doing again in a couple of weeks, I will have everything set up from a local to HF and SWL and monitoring my scanner. So my number one question would be this. For a field station setup, what antenna would you recommend for scanning and monitoring? To this point, I just use a telescopic whip on the back of the radio, but I usually have a mass and tripod set up for two other antennas for HF and two meters. I would like an antenna that's fairly portable and quick to set up. I know a discone would probably be the number one option. I've always wanted one, but have concerns with portability and ease of use. Is there a smaller discone that is more conducive to non-permanent field operating or something else you would recommend? My area is mainly P25, 700 megahertz, by the way, and also listening to UHF and VHF. Brent, great question. Um, I'm very interested in uh, in your uh, portable operation, so I'll be reaching out to you via email about that, and uh, maybe share some pictures with us. So I, I'd love to see a picture of your uh, of your setup. You can do so in our Facebook group at facebook.com. Uh, I'm sorry, scannerschool.com/slash/facebook group, and also on Twitter. We're at uh, at scanner underscore school, or at scannerschool.com/slash/twitter. So to answer your question, I think. The discone would be a great idea. And um, yeah, some discone antennas could be a little bit large, could be a little bit cumbersome to set up, especially when they use set screws to hold the elements in place. But Diamond makes a really interesting product. It's the Diamond, um, looking for it here on my uh, on my web, I, I tabbed it here. It's a mobile discone antenna and it works from, and they claim it works for 100 to 1600 megahertz. It's, uh, of course, omnidirectional, and it will also allow you to trans on uh, 2 meters, 440, uh, 900 megahertz, and 1200 megahertz. So it covers the uh, VHF, UHF handband. Won't get you 6 meters uh, like some discones do, but um, this might be a good compromise for you if you use something like a... Uh, um, um, a duplexer or a diplexer rather and uh, you can split maybe to your two meter radio and operate that and then the rest goes to the scanner so you can still listen to your 700 megahertz system so this antenna it's a mobile mount discone antenna it's a little funky looking but um, it doesn't require a ground plane which means it doesn't need a magnetic uh, base underneath it like most mobile antennas do right most mobile antennas require the mag require a magnet or something like that because they use the sheet metal on your car as the ground plane which basically means it works as a mirror and and makes the antenna rf characteristics a full um the wavelength that it's cut for not a full wavelength but whatever it's it's supposed to be resonant at so you don't require a, a ground plane with this antenna now it's the diamond d22r that's Delta 22, I'm sorry, it's a Delta 220R. Uh, again, Delta 220 Romeo. I will put a link for this also in our show notes with uh, an affiliate link. And again, the affiliate link will uh, give us a small referral uh, commission, I guess is the best way to say it, and no additional cost to anybody who uses it. So it's a good way to help support the Scanner School podcast by using the affiliate links on the website. So it does have uh, about six elements uh, and, and a cone element and um, 
Um, you know, it, it does have a couple of pieces on it. So if you labeled it or use a little bit of paint on the elements and also where they screw in, I'm sure that you could get this set up in uh, maybe about 15 minutes or so. And again, it's not it's not as large as a standard discount antenna, but um, this one may get the job done for you, especially since you're working uh, most mostly in a portable setup. So again, would love to... Um, to, to uh, see some pictures and uh, and, and see how, you, how you're operating so good luck out there in the field and uh, maybe one day I'll, I'll work you while you're uh, while you're camping on on HF or something very good thank you uh, thank you everyone again for your uh, your feedback and uh, we do have some more so I'll get them and I'll, I'll table them for another session of the scanner school podcast so again you can uh, Get in our Facebook group, which I recommend because I am giving away three uh, th three consulting sessions, uh, which are uh, 30 minutes apiece to uh, three winners. So one, one consulting session for three winners is the best way to say it. And the best way to, or the only way really to get your name in the hat is to join our Facebook community and to leave a comment or a question in there. And go to scannerschool.com slash Facebook group. The window for the contest closes on February 28th, 2018. So you have about another week and change to, to get in there. And um, yeah, so if if you uh, don't win, which would be, you know, would be a little unfortunate because, uh, you know, it's, it's always nice to win something. Uh, I am available for consulting for anybody else who's looking for consulting services. And no question, scan related is off limits. I'll be more than happy to log in and show you how to do things with TeamViewer or talk to you over the phone if you have any questions about buying uh, hardware or coax or anything like that. And uh, yeah, my my uh, advice is there or to help you program, to help you set something up that's not working right. And um, just go to scannerschool.com slash consulting to, uh, to contact me and, and to book an appointment for, uh, for your consulting. Also want to remind everybody that uh, you can leave us some voice feedback, again, by using SpeakPipe, which is available on the session notes for today's session, and also on our uh, voicemail number, which, again, is area code, U.S. area code 516-308-2885. Again, 516-308-2885. So I'll uh, see you all again next Tuesday when we talk about Motorola trunking systems and that will get close to wrapping up the basic trunked systems that uh, that are out there again we'll go into more advanced stuff but for now we're going to um, to hit the easier topics and, and the ones that have been out there for a while and, and that will really wrap up uh, when you see the trunk tracker on the front of your radio this is trunk tracker three That'll wrap up the very first three when it comes to the trunking series. So again, we'll see you next Tuesday. Thank you so much for your feedback. Thanks for being there. And uh, like always, um, keep, keep scanning. 73, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Scanner School podcast. Be sure to visit www.scannerschool.com to access the show notes and bonus content.